What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Powered by UberLyftDrivers.com. I'm your host, SJ, and it's time to get it on. So, yeah, I'm having a little bit of a problem here, guys, but it sounds like if everybody can hear me, we're good. And, uh, yeah, I want to uh, thank uh, Mike Harubi for joining me. I know I don't do a lot of afternoon stuff, you guys, but um, I've had Mike on twice, always been a beneficial conversation. I've had other people tell me that they've learned a lot from, from him being on. And I want to uh, first welcome him for coming on, but second... Uh, all of you should stick around and please leave comments, questions. I'm not going to check them and except for at certain points because I want to have a conversation with Mike. And I think it's a little bit easier when I'm not sidetracked to look at the comments. But I will come in there at certain points and take a look. But Mike, thank you for joining us. I think this is our third time. And, uh, yes. Welcome. Thank you, Steve. It's a delight to be here. I always enjoy our conversations and the questions. So it's nice to be back. So... When you emailed me or when I, we've been, Mike and I stay in email contact and, you know, we always, we, we even, when we finish one piece, we even look at like, well, okay, we'll talk in a little bit. We'll figure out the next one. Um, but when you contacted me this time, it seemed like with a greater sense of uh, urgency and fear. And I know we're approaching the midterms, but it almost sounded a bit scary. The email he sent me <laughs> without getting into all the details. So I guess like we were talking before we came on, and I was asking Mike, where would be a good place to start? And um, he brought up D.C. So I think I think that is a good place. Let's start there and let's let's talk about let's see where this goes and let's talk about what's going on. OK, great. Well, thank you. The um, we've had some some good news, a glimmer of, of genuine good news uh, Sunday. The uh, the fellow who is currently. Uh, holding the position of probably most influential shaper of the Republican platform uh, nationwide, the policy platform, uh, going into the uh, midterms in November and into the next congressional session uh, for 23 and 24, uh, put out six major planks that he thinks the party should focus on. And the the fourth of that list of six was that he he wants to uh, his name is Grover Norquist. Many of your uh, viewers might have heard his name. He wants to put the the uh, choice to be my be your own boss, restore that freedom and restore that right uh, without condition. In other words, nationwide. Right. So this is this is a huge move. Uh, right now, everyone in Congress is uh, trying to, you know, is running for re-election. And you can't, in, in this environment, you can't assume anything. So Grover's setting out what he believes in his substantial 40-year experience is likely to be most important to the, for the election uh, of people who are pro, you know, pro-private sector, pro-personal liberty. So that that was easily the best news we've had. Yeah, and I, I I do want to mention, you know, we, yes, I have, all of us do. I have major political views. I'm an independent and I vote in all directions. So you guys could never peg me down. However. I've never tried to, Steve, don't worry. Yeah, no, I'm talking about everybody. Nobody could ever say you're this, you're that. Because I, I float, I, I float with the issues. You know, I care about what I care about and I want to, that's what I want to push for. And I think the, uh, you know, all po politics aside, the biggest thing here is that we are in a dangerous area right now. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but that the I need the 
all independent contractors should need to know this because look at how a, we talked about this before. Look how AB five slipped past them all until it was actually a law. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. nobody, nobody really. If the few people that did know hear about it didn't believe it would happen, the rest of the people had no idea it was even happening. And now to think that it's not going on everywhere. Actually, it's very visible. It's going on everywhere. Massachusetts, uh, Washington yes. State. I mean, it's it's becoming like too many states now. Now there's a, I hear about new states all the time looking at these same horrible ideas. I, I just I'm I'm like I'm beyond myself. And Mike is the president of uh, New Jobs America. Um, dot com and i just i just want to i'll be throwing that up on the channel a little bit here but i mean yeah you sent me all kinds of stuff on like the eighty seven thousand irs agents i i've like looked into this and this is um it's just sickening to me yes this is it, it it's almost like it's not even almost like it is that they're they're already targeting a group of people that don't need to be targeted yes yes so these 87,000 agents are being trained to go after people who can't afford to be gone after, yes. won't be able to explain anything that they're looking for in answers, right? and are going to be fined and all this stuff. And it's all going to be because of the way things have been handled in this country. But why not, why not start at the top and work your way down? Why, st why, start in the, why start at the bottom to just above the bottom and work your way up? Because the... the, uh, the the progressive plan is to eliminate all of those people as anything other than union wage earners. Uh, so they just don't want you. If you drop out of the market, that's fine. It shrinks the labor market, raises the price of labor uh, to, to meet the demand and they'll, they'll easier to take their, their piece off the top. So it is, and that is not a partisan issue. Uh, right. I think the, the, the last 10 years, the IRS might have earned a little grudging, more, you know, more grudging respect than it did because it, it seemed to leave most of the, the, the honest people or the, those endeavoring to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it left them alone. You did not hear the complaints you heard uh, 15 or 20 years ago when they were all active, uh, you know, doing lots of audits. So it's got to be looked at as a major step backwards if you respect government and feel that it should, uh, you know, that it, would, it, it should earn the trust of the people that it's, it's, you know, trying to govern. Yeah. I mean, I, I fully agree. Uh, it then, just seem, it seems to me like this. And I know that I, I'm not really is the rollout saying that the, the 87,000 agents will be what active within a year or two years, I think, or something. So it's not like they're out tomorrow, but nonetheless. Uh, I, I think they'll be out on January 2nd. Uh, I, I don't know. Last night I saw a horrifying video, a training, a video of a training session where they had 20 people who were uh, clearly out of shape, uh, didn't really know how to handle a firearm. Uh, with vests and, you know, IRS uh, big letters all over them and toting weapons. And they were entering uh, an office building that was they were pretending was a private residence. And it was horrifying. I lost a great deal of sleep about it because an individual cannot defend himself or herself from this onslaught. If nine people come into your home aiming a gun at you mm -hmm. and yelling at you, this is your home. Yep. No, you don't, you know, the government has no place in that home without a warrant or anything else. And that's a horrifying thing. It will hit everyone. It touches just as badly, just like AB five did. Yeah. And you know, and now we, and they'll just, what they'll do, they'll be assigned the, the lowest level of IRS responsibility, which is chase 1099s and 1099 K recipients. And then audit both ends of the, uh, audit both ends of them so you i did some math it'll be uh each agent if the uh, the agent works full-time a, a big if uh can can handle uh, give a half hour of attention to every single self-employed uh business person in the country just like craziness nothing else gives you that much coverage so it's i mean disturbing isn't it also disturbing that what what is i mean so okay they're so the the part of the goal is to make sure that p 
people, you know, you can't be IC anymore. Well, you know, I just got hit with this, I, uh, with these new agents. I owe this, I got to get a W2. I got to be a union worker. Um, can't, uh, I, I also, I, 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 I got to mention this. I, I was reading that these IRA, I don't even know why this came up. I read it in two articles that these IRS agents carry guns. Yes. Why do they need to say that? Why do they need to say that? Because if you walk into my house, I have guns. It's intimidation. It's a tactic. That's why they're showing these videos. They don't show videos of, of soldiers training at Paris Island. Right. Um, but here we here you are. They're shouting and yelling and, you know, people are screaming instructions at them at the same time. Um, they're doing it to intimidate people. They want them to not take their allowed, you know, not pay what's allowed, be, you know, be worried about being audited, fear a knock on the door. I mean, this is not what you, what a government of the people, by the people and for the people is, should be training its, its citizens in. So it's appalling behavior. Uh, has nothing to do with party. That's not what. Right. No, I know. And that's both. I mean, all this always happens. Both parties always take advantage of what they can, especially around midterms or elections and whatnot. But I mean, this this stuff and other stuff also that's been going on just seems so over the top. I mean, it seems yeah. like anybody should see this. That's yeah. what that's one thing that really confuses me is it it doesn't seem like shades of gray. Well, you could argue this. You could. I really don't see what you could argue about a lot of what's going on. It's very clear. It's black. It's it is. It's not shades of gray. It's black and white. It's real clear. It's it's part of an agenda, and the agenda has in, no none of the needs of regular everyday people. I'll consider myself in that mix. Were considered in any part of the agenda, uh, none of it. So it is external. It's forced upon us. Yes. So, uh, it's it's our responsibility collectively to to push back to the extent of our ability. I'm not asking anyone who has eight IRS agents aiming guns at them to misbehave, to do anything other than stand stock still and keep your hands up. Uh, but uh, what you do afterwards in terms of reaching the people who are responsible for this, uh, that's, that is your freedom and your responsibility. So here, here's a comment from uh, Lisa, the driven mom, um, that she's seen some of these videos. Yes, I, I think it's going to. Thank you, Lisa. I, um, I think, in fact, the uh, the agents are going to be a hazard to each other as much as to the citizens. In fact, there are more of them uh, and they're, they all want to get in the door because that's how they meet their quota. Um, so I think I think it's just frightening, and and it's it's going to stop. This is not the kind of thing this nation puts up with. Period. Full stop. Well, and that's and that's what I guess I'm. So if this is going to be like, so the old thought of at least when I was growing up, my dad, you know, used to tell me you don't get audited, you know, then it's this whole sit down. Pro- like now you're talking about more like, it reminds me more of like the smash and grab that's gone on since the yeah. pandemic. Like they're going to smash and grab your house for right. an audit, like without warning, like and they kick in the door and say, we're sitting down for an audit right now. Well, most Americans who are armed aren't going to tolerate that. I mean, I, I see bad things happening. I do too. And I, I believe that is actually the pretext for more bad things afterwards. So um, I think that one of the things that uh, Mr. Norquist said in his uh, in his article that uh, where he announced his positions was that uh, those IRS agents should consider this a short term gig, you know, because the minute anyone else gets their hands on any part of the tiller in D.C., they are not going to be part of the program. It just like. No one can is going to put up with this. I just feel like you know you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have the hardcores pulling guns back on you. Yes, and you're gonna be a freshly trained IRS agent, like shaking to get your gun, and they're gonna have it in your mouth. Right, right. This is you can step right back out of my house, man, and you can pay for that door you broke. So I don't, I don't want. (laughs) I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying I, I, I foresee bad, bad things with this, not just because of what they're doing. Yes, but because of who they're going to try and do it to, 
I believe it's a deliberate pro- deliberate provocation, Steve. Uh, genuinely, and I have I have no. It's not where I started with any of this. So, yeah, and I, I guess it just leads me to wonder, like you know, again, I'll just I'll just state this because it doesn't. This isn't taking a political side, but I don't understand why either side would want to be in on this. I don't believe that the individuals who agreed to this genuinely believe it's in our best interest. I think they were browbeaten. I think some of them were threatened personally uh, with being primaried or with uh, losing status or whatever it is that some of these people work for. But I think, you know, I think they were told your career is over if you if you resist this bill. And I believe they, uh, it, the facts are every single Democrat in Congress, both houses, voted for this bill. And, you know, they don't believe that even. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. In cinema. There's good, there's there, there's good people on both sides of the aisle. No I, matter I which side you sit on, there's good people on both. Right. So this is. So, and, and therefore, what you're saying is. Exactly. That those good people aren't not good people. Now they still are. They just got whatever it is that was held over their head or whatever used against them, got them to push into some, I mean, that's how things work anyway. But I think this, especially this should have been one though, where I feel like those people who feel threatened, like this might take away from my next run still should have said, no, I think they had more power than they wished to exercise. And they chose, that's a choice. That's a choice. And I believe their voters will recall that. So uh, I guess that's where I'm shocked, though. I'm shocked that they didn't step up and go, I'm sorry, I've let you bully me on some other things or make me make this decision because you've said this is the way I need to lean. But this one seems like, no, I'm not absolutely not going to do this. A guy I respect when I first got involved in lobbying uh, the legislature said, if you're looking for courage, you're not going to find much in the legislature. And and I have laughed at that ever since. And it is very true. That is not where the courage is. Uh, you know, so anyway, I, I don't I don't want people to get discouraged, but I think it's important that they take a close look at some of their some of their presuppositions, you know, like like I always vote a straight ticket and it's, you know, that sort of thing. I don't think that's the right thing to do this election, no matter which way you're looking. Yeah. I've, I've always, I've always said, don't do that to people anyway. Like, you know, this, a straight ticket usually is like a hit. It's like a hidden agenda. Right. Of course they want you to vote straight ticket. Either party does. Yeah. Well, here, here in Massachusetts, I don't think I've, I can think of one exception, never, never voted for someone who actually ran and won in this state. And then when I did, I was sad about it. So, you know, it's just a tough state because there's so many people who believe the same thing identically and they all serve. So there are many other states. I know we have uh, California, Illinois, New York, New Jersey, Uh, you know, the list runs on Minnesota's headed in that same direction. Yeah. Um, I even saw Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, they're, I don't know how close they are, but I was surprised because I hadn't heard much about that. Balanced on a knife edge down there. You know, Brandon, thanks for that comment. I appreciate that because, yes, if you pay your taxes, you should be able to have a business. Yes. Everybody who works on, you know, gigs, project work, uh, and it wants to be their own employee should should pay their taxes. This is not about that. And they should speak up. There are a huge number of people. This is a third. This is bigger than any of the parties. There are just a massive number of self-employed and they should pay their taxes. This is not it. The money's the, the interference of an audit is worth literally hundreds of thousands of dollars of cost and you don't want to risk it. And then they're throwing these, you know, these uh, random uh, kind of punishment aimed audits at everybody. That's very destructive, but you've got to pay the bill, you know, and then go fight about how much you're being, you know, you're being charged and that's legitimate. So, yeah. Um, so uh, one of the things you put down was more bills likely now between now and inauguration yeah. of, of 2023. So we're talking next year. Yes. What 
are you expecting or <laughs> I'm expecting almost well what just passed was called the Inflation Reduction Act which it has nothing to do with uh, plus Biden uh, eliminated a bunch of debt for the the uh, college students uh, oh, yeah. you know that's got, that's inflationary so those two way more than cancel out uh, I believe that we're going to see things sneaking in. What I wanted to say that the uh, Inflation Reduction Act is is actually major chunks of the Green New Deal, which should not be part of the agenda right now. Just not. There's so many reasons against it. Yeah. So what I think uh, the the great minds at work at the top of the the two chambers are going to repackage their elements of their favorite bills for their union patrons and see if they can just sneak them across the line in, uh, in emergency emergency uh, form uh, between now and the uh, inauguration day in 2023. And I think it's going to be ugly. I think we're going to get ABC test type legislation if the IRS agents aren't already doing that. So, so what, I mean, is, <laughs> Is the Worker Flexibility Act just something to just say, hey, this is the opposite of the PRO Act, just so you know, this is how hardcore it could be? <laughs> like, Or is that actually something that is really, really trying to be pushed and for real? Or was it just to kind of show people, like, this is how bad the PRO Act is. This is the polar opposite. So even if you believe in this, you should realize there's some middle ground. Uh, let's see. Is that uh, uh, Representative Stefanik's original bill? From, I don't. I don't know. It's it. I, I just. I was seeing it a lot lately. Um, it's it's the bill that basically is the polar opposite of the pro act. It's it says it it basically outlines everything that we want to be. It, uh, are well, you the major extreme though? Too. Are like, you thinking of the um, Scott Stefanik and Steele's? Uh, well, that's an that's an amalgam for a different bill, but the uh, yes, that's the that's the Worker Flexibility Act. There is also Senator Tim Scott's uh, Employee Rights Act, which is much broader. No, I think this was the this this one had flexibility in the in the term. Okay. I have not given that a great deal of consideration because its chances are exactly zero at the moment. And that's what I was wondering is I, I felt like that. Like I felt like this is zero and it came out after the product. I felt like it was just there to show, to showcase how bad the pro act was like. Yes. Um, and that's important because you, you build a coalition, not in time. You, you don't build it out of being against things. You right. build it partly and over the long term by being for things that people value, which is why we did our be my own boss. You know, I mean, we're against the PRO Act, but how much traction is there over 10 years in that? But if you say, I want I want to allow people to be to choose to be their own boss, full stop, you can assemble a crowd with that. So we've we've tried to do that. Right. So, uh, that's why it's great. That's why Grover Norquist decides that some random Sunday in the, in the summertime to put it in his platform is that it has crowd appeal and people know what they know what that means whether they know anything about the language probably not but like oh, that's what i want to do that that's it that's it yeah um so yeah you've you okay the norquest uh um so what is this uh what about the antitrust and labor laws and the um, evidence on the on the is it wheel is it wheel doctrine? I I pronounce it while I think that's the German, but I do not know how the good professor prefers to have his name pronounced. So I will find that out. Okay. But what's going on is uh, pre has been predicted for uh, eight years in a book published in 2014 by the uh, by a guy who then immediately became Obama's administrator of the wage and hour division in the Department of Labor. Uh, the guy's name is David Weil, W-E-I-L, and he is he's a professor and was a dean of a department at a major university in Boston. 
And he proposed in this very delicately phrased book of 410 pages total, 285 pages of text, he proposed something uh, that was a very one-sided trial of large corporations. And for instance, he referred to, it was a, it's a labor policy book. It accused large corporations of breaking down the workforce on purpose so that they could, they could underpay people and get the costs off their books. Uh, and he calls that a crime, which it is not a crime. And then he proceeds to indict them and devise this enormous punishment, which is reputational damage to the these big company stocks, reputations, and executives and associated individuals' reputations. So we call it the wild doctrine. Uh, is the is the major headline because it's a way to fight a war, and that's what these what the, he's proposing in in very delicate terms. Uh, and the subtitle is how to run a twenty nine trillion dollar heist because that's what's on the table when you start messing with the reputations of the top two hundred largest corporations in the country. Uh, it is a piece of work. And we took 61 quotes in his words. So this is this is not Mike Ruby. It's David Weil we're taking a look at. <laughs> and then we, we proceeded to do our absolute best decoding it for what his group of people, and he, show, he tells us exactly who his people are, uh, what they intend to do. The Justice Department and its antitrust division uh, just in, in line with this, they're formulating their, they're formulating the team. We call it a confederacy in the in the write up. They're formulating a team that will um, attack these large corporations, and they want to use the power of all of the regulatory apparatus of the U.S. government, which anyone will agree is considerable, and threaten them. And so, what he wants to do, the way to to get these in sync and fulfill the law is they sign memoranda of understanding between each of the departments. And then they issue a kind of a bland press release. The, the memorandum is bland and they agree to sort of to work on things that are of common interest. And here we've got the antitrust division, which is supposed to be at least in the law working on, is somebody grabbing too much market share? And what they're going to go after, according to this memorandum, is misclassification, which has nothing to do with antitrust whatsoever. Not even It's not even laughably close. And something called fishering, which is the title of Weil's book, The Fishered Workplace. So this is nothing but a pretext for these people to perform mission creep and then threaten others with with misbehavior charges and penalties. So that's and you can see that they signed it with. Um, there are a couple of different agencies, but Weil lists uh, I think uh, nine of them in his book, and the DOJ antitrust is another one. So it's everything in it is illegal. Everything he proposes is illegal, which is very odd reading it. Because if I wrote that, I I would definitely have FBI on my doorstep. Right. You know, I mean, this is this is conspiracy by government against you know the private sector. I mean, they're trying to take it over. That you know, it's clear what's going on. So what you can see now is they've got they they didn't get David Weil in to be the to be the you know head of the rodeo. So sorry, didn't mean to use your your imagery, but you know, to, to be the master of ceremonies, they 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 missed that. So they took that the next most powerful and unsupervised person in Washington, which is the general counsel, Jen Abruzzo, of the National Labor Relations Board, and they gave her the she's gonna be the designated destroyer. So she's going to pull all these people together and they're going to chase these big guys. And you can see what's happening at Starbucks and you can see what's happening at Amazon and Whole Foods. You can see they're, they're, 
they're sizing up a couple of really biggies, one biggie in retail and one in, uh, you know, online and miscellaneous. And they're just going to, they're just going to hammer these people until they quit. And it seems like, oh no, they can't be doing that. But look at the street mischief, for example, that has gone on for the last two years during the uh, pandemic. And then if you think of the NLRB as the power to make anything, any act into a protected act for someone who wants to unionize. So can you imagine beautiful functioning Amazon warehouses uh, suddenly uh, subject to, to uh, you know, unionizing efforts? And uh, I, I don't even want to describe it. I mean, these, these things run like a Swiss watch or a you know, GPS system. They, they do the right thing all the time. And it is, it is a menace. This is, this is, there's, there is no justification for this except the law permits this kind of activity, synchronized activity, because it hasn't been specifically outlawed. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you, you were hitting on something a, a few minutes ago when you're like, you know, they, if you wrote this, the FBI would be at your door. That's, that's how I feel like you and I met through Twitter and right. initially. And like, I feel like that's how I am with Twitter now. Like I'm very cautious of what I write. And again, guys, I'm not saying any, this isn't political. I just have to be very careful because you even say something wrong about the wrong subject. You could be Democrat. You could be whatever you want. Wouldn't matter. But if you say those wrong terms on Twitter, you're gone. Yes. Uh, very, very we're, we're, we're doing a graceful, um, what you call a diversification of our, our communications channels because Twitter has become very hostile. You know, and all we're, pro- all we're promoting is that individuals have the right to be self-employed. Like this is not radical. Right. Is- and, and if it's that, why isn't it, you know, we're not allowing this talk. So don't allow either right. side. Right. But I mean, like you're allowed to jump on one side of the train and sit, shout everything you want. Right. But you can't, you know, and again, not political, but you can't be on another side of a topic. You can't. If you do, you, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to. Twitter is the third platform that we've worked with uh, in new jobs that is really falling into its own kind of circling confusion. Um, they don't know how to control their own um, political correctness. They, they don't have a there's no line that that it's a barrier to them. So they don't know where to stop. They don't know if they're going to be criticized by their, their other, their political peers. So they're as afraid as we are. They err on the side of, you know, well, get rid of these people if they disagree with us, you know, and they have a little bunch of litmus tests, but we have to, we have to de-emphasize a perfectly good, very enjoyable blogging platform because they're messing it up. You can look at it, the whole thing. I, we've, gotten a lot more uh subscribers lately followers mm-hmm. and now we we have to r- reduce how much we do because of they they feel that that's a that's a threat so they throttle us back and if we want any circulation at all they want to charge us cash for it well yeah. free on one side cash on the other what have they done they've privatized speech i can have how much ever much i want to buy you know if it and they've also publicly uh, allowed bribing Yes, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I can get it if I tow the line. Well, yeah. no, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, Facebook went first. We did that in 2016, and then Google, and they went the same way. All of a sudden, the whole thing collapsed on on people with a, a point of view that they thought affected the law. I mean, we haven't changed any laws yet, but we're working for we're working on it. But we're doing it the legitimate way. You know, get people interested and talk to your representatives. So I saw you put um, one of the points that you gave me was picking up uh, new platforms to augment Twitter. Yes. What are you thinking here? Uh, Parler and Telegram first. They're not as big. They're not as attractive. But Twitter is shrinking, just shrinking. Oh, yeah. We used to used to think 238 million. That was their million uh, daily average daily users. Now it's down to 19 million. Yeah. You know, well, that means that means that Telegram's getting up there. I haven't compared the numbers closely enough, but Telegram's getting up there, and it's just as close. And and 
there is no effort made to uh, you know to to suppress views like ours on on Telegram. So we we have to, we have to pick up with something. We can't just sit there and you know type in you know type at home. Right, and I I mean to be honest too about the Twitter thing, guys. Again, I mean this this kind of is political. It's both sides leaving Twitter. Yes, because the other both sides are leaving because they know there's no real conversation that can be had. Right. Like even if you're sitting on the what Twitter considers the correct side of an issue, you can't go have a conversation with like Mike because then Twitter will kick you off for talking with Mike speaking, for speaking with him. Right. <laughs> You know, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, I'm on there because I think it's a good way to get quick news, but I'm extra cautious about what I say on Twitter. Um, I have, I have liked Twitter for years because if you, if you set it up like a newspaper, yeah. of your own, your own devising, it's just excellent. Exactly. Nobody does it as well. Some guy on the street, some gal in a meeting, they, they give you the news in seconds and you know that it's going to be on Twitter or you used to know. Right. Now you don't anymore. So so if I if I want someone's stale, you know, scripted view of the of the planet, I can go there. But that's not what I'm looking for. I want I want real life events and opinion and I want it hot, just like ready to go. And I can tell you guys that if you, by the way, don't, if you, if you have a Twitter handle, haven't used it in a while, or even if you do, don't abandon Twitter. There are people like Mike, myself, Kim, Kevin, still on there. Find us, connect with us. We're, we're, we're picking away at it all the time. Just being extra careful about what we write and making sure that it's factual and whatnot. But, um, you know, there's a lot of other people who aren't, I'm going to go back here in the comments just a little bit and see what, because it looks like there's a bunch in here. Um, let me see. Hey, Bud Soda. Uh, hello, John Lopez in Illinois. How are you? Um, Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I'm I'm delighted to see they have it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Oh, he's so John said the worker flexibility is by. Yes, that's uh, Representative Cuellar from Texas, uh, Representative Steele from California and Re Representative Stefanik from New York. It's a good act. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't say how, solve the problem the way I would, but that's fine. Yeah, good. Yeah. Let's 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 duke it out verbally. Hey, Joe, how are you? Nice to see you in here. Hey, Donnie, what's up with you? What do you what do you got? Here, open up your own app business. Give out your phone number. It's not right. <laughs> we're diving a little. We're diving a little deeper into they're trying to just take away that right, even though to even have the right to open up your own app. You know, hey, really... think about how to program. Think of what Twitter does and how the programming behind all the different things you can do on your page, and then and and remark on it. It's quite amazing. You know, that's a lot of code they've got cranking through there. You know, they claim to have a lot of code that does other things that don't happen, but that's different. Anyway, I respect what they did. I'd love to just keep using them, but, you know, they're casting me adrift in my little dinghy. So uh, do you have any take on this? He lives up in upstate New York. Um, I'm, I'm aware of uh, Representative Stefanik. Uh, she is steadfast in thinking about the little guy and the little gal. Uh, She's got a particularly uh, affected district. She's in the district that from eastern Syracuse suburbs all the way to the Canadian border, I believe, on the, on the west side of the Adirondacks. And that is entirely rural. And all the services that, that those people enjoy, and I'm sure they'd like more, are served in some way by some variation on gig work, uh, delivery, driving, and um, self-employment. And it's it's the first thing those people should do when they want to say, you know, we're Dave and Doris and we want to do better. It's one of them should try some part-time freelancing, whatever, you, whatever it is, because you can build a national or an international audience, uh, customers, patients, whatever. And go from there. You can cover the whole area, even with a nurses' organization, you know, travel nurses. So, 
You know, wow. I just, I just speaking of that, I just recently saw, um, I'm always looking for new apps and whatnot. I just saw an app that allows you to be a registered nurse, travel around and pick up gigs anywhere in the country. Do you remember the name? No, I mean, I have it. Yeah. I can send yeah. it to you. But I don't have it right in front of me right now. But yeah, I just thought I thought that was very interesting. I thought that was super cool. Again, you know, it allows people to like go. I've been, you know, if you're a nurse, it allows you to maybe you haven't been able to see family this whole pandemic. I thought that's really cool. This allows you to go see family for a month and work while you're there. Yes. Right. No, it is it is phenomenal how valuable the uh, the idea of contract work is to the American public and they know it. The, this is essentially the golden age of the of the free market because you can you can deliver services with people in the area and overcome the problem of distance in a gigantic physically gigantic republic. I mean, this is one huge country, fifteen hundred miles north and south, nearly three thousand left to right plus two isolated states. You know, and you've got to cover where everybody lives and they've all they've been spreading out for 60 years and to be able to do that and have it available to anybody on a phone is phenomenal just phenomenal i i, I think i've said told your readers you get up 4 30 in the morning you want to get to the portland oregon airport there's a guy who specializes in early morning departure customers and now, nice. now that's a specialty one yep. city Basically, you know, one hub, and a lot of different routes, custom for you. You can reserve him. Holy, you can, there's no other way you could do that without a platform. So uh, the, you don't hear any customers complaining about Uber. You hear about, you hear union and union paid people complaining about Uber, but it's genius. Now they're doing the same thing with freight. My goodness, these truckers who yeah. need every buck they can make, fill up their truck, Uber is offering them a way to, when they when they go from A to B, when they need to come back from B, uh, go on the platform, look for loads that are going part of the way or the whole way, and bring them back. Now they're loaded. Now they're doing what everybody wants, which is making money both way in ways in transportation. It's mathematically rare that you that you have something like that that makes money both ways. So I'm all for it. People who live in rural areas like Stefanik's district uh, are all for it, and it's a lot of territory. So, so I saw something that said that you know there's way you know everybody you know we start hearing the polling numbers now and take them for what they're worth. But I saw something that said that you know um, it seemed across the board too that it was pretty much in agreement amongst the polls that you know. Beware, beware of what you're seeing because there's way more Republicans onboarding to vote, yes. getting ready to vote than are Democrats. And that's just how I'll word it. But um, that these might be very skewed because it's like three to every one right now. Yes. So I guess I wonder, like, how close are these polls that are making it sound close? And again, don't don't let yourself think they're close, even if you don't agree with me and Mike. Go vote. I need everybody needs to vote, but you know, just I, I have a feeling that I have a feeling that it's going to be a a very big shock. I could be wrong, but I think there's going to be a lot of shocked people with some of the results in these ele- in these midterms. I I believe so too. I I think that there is enormous fatigue with what's being done to them, and it has nothing to do with a difference in fatigue between parties. Yeah. I think there's a great deal of fear and people don't like that. We've got neighbors who disagree with us and I'm sure they fear us and we are not quite sure about them, you know, because of the way the treatment goes. That is all structural, all unnecessary. And I I encourage anybody of any persuasion, go vote this, this election season. Vote early, Absolutely. vote on time, whatever. But I be heard. That it's important for all of us. Yeah, I fully agree. Um, so I had I was trying to find that nurses union, but I'll have to find that later. So um, before we, I, I do want to talk about New Jobs America, but before we get there, you had another another point that we were that to discuss is the mood of the self-employed. 
worried, apprehensive. These are just your words. Worried, apprehensive, alert, uncertain what's coming, uncertain what to do. This applies to almost everybody I know in the gig economy, especially when I, if I actually get like some real time with you face to face or on a zoom or whatever, and we're actually talking personally, most people aren't aware of this stuff. And many just like AB five, just don't believe that it's happening on the scale that I'm talking about, which if you do any kind of research on it, you will find out it's not even a hidden thing. It is on the scale I'm talking about. Yes. It's very large. And with, with the midterms approaching, it's very easy to find how, how, how much it's apparent now too. You can Google it. I mean, you can simple find it now. There's, you don't have to dig deep into things and, and crawl through crawl spaces and it's right there. Um, Yes. Don't have to go to DuckDuckGo. You can, it's even on Google. Yeah. I mean, what do you, so what do you, you know, you put mood of the self-employed question mark. So what is the self-employed for the, I guess the last three years since uh, AB5 came into the public space and people realized, oh, there's a threat to what I'm really enjoying, whether as a buyer or a provider. Um, I think that people got edgy when they saw how much work was being done against them and they pulled back and they were quiet. And I think that you have to look at much of the effort against the, uh, the freelancers, the gig workers is condescension, condescension and an effort to intimidate them from making their, their opinions known. I think that that's the only way you can interpret it. And so by by being resilient and simply making your opinion known and making it effective in, in voting and in participating, you know, give five bucks to somebody and, and support them for office, your choice of candidate. But I would, I would try not to be one of the 98% that don't give anything and then complain about it. Yeah. So that, that has, I think they have the opinion, Steve. I think it's strong. You're, you're agreeing with that point. Uh, and I think they're waiting for to find a way to release it. They've never had to fight to defend their right to have the job they enjoy. And I think of moms and people with disabilities and retired folks. They're looking at what's happening to with inflation, and they, you know, they go, you know, bet I think I gotta do work a little longer because we're not gonna make it at five percent or ten percent inflation. We'll be broke before we're done. Um, those people will look to the internet. They will look to part-time work, contract work, mm-hmm. and they should. So this is a great thing. And the Americans are not used to having to fight to get what is available to Americans. Same with gas and oil. You know, they're, they're taking gasoline and, and fuel oil away from us for mythical reasons. And, People are like, why is that? This is our oil as much as, you know, the environmentalists' oil. Maybe more because there are a lot more of us. And that kind of edginess, they're, they're, in, uncertain, uh, they're in uncertain times and they're not sure what to do because, like, this is what I've done for 20 years, you know. And so I'm familiar with the fact you just got to get out there and say it. Well, yeah. And I see the driven mom and <laughs> she's still driving, but she's still staying with us. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you get a, you get very empowered when you, when you put your, your thoughts out there and people go, yeah, yeah, that really is. That's how I feel too. And they're, you know, they're being honest with you because they got a, they got a heck have a lot more problems than you have. And they're still, they want to be independent. They want freedom and flexibility. They want better things for their kids. Mm-hmm. That's a, what we've got coming is an enormous <laughs> driven mom. Uh, it's just an enormous part of the population, and they're going to get it. They're going to get it one way or another. And and if it's not the election of twenty twenty two, it'll happen. Just guaranteed. Yeah. It's that kind of country. You know, and then there's Brian here saying that you know I'm hearing I'm here experiencing a crime wave in Portland. Um, I've inter- I've interviewed a couple of drivers from Portland who were in the riots who are just like, dude, it was just the most insane, messed up stuff yeah. Had to avoid the city. Um, and then, you know, there's Brian or there's Eric here saying that crime wave is a ripple effect. You know, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say, you guys. I'm, I get so confused when 
all I hear is defund the police. And then the same people who shouted it are now saying fund the police. I mean, pick a direction, not even pick a lane, pick a direction, people. Like, no, I don't even... None of this is rational, Steve. None of what's up. It is, it is a, it's extortion. We saw that's, that's what the wild, the wild do- doctrine is, is about how to extort what you want out of something that doesn't want to give it. You know, the, it, it, it's, it's wrong. It's illegal. We, we don't have any adults in charge of anything. Now the, the, the there are two office holders, the mayor of, Portland, Oregon, and the governor of Portland, Oregon, neither one is an adult in terms of responsibility and and wanting to see that the general public has served. They're serving an agenda. So uh, that those days are going to come to an end one way or another. I, I you know, like I I lose sleep over this too. My God, they're not going to. Well, I saw I saw that, uh, John, I saw that you put uh, love it when people can safely text and drive. So the driven mom and the driven dad, Tony and Lisa, I know them very well. They live here in Colorado. In fact, they were just in my house because we do a thing called coffee in Colorado on Wednesdays. Um, and so they drive a Tesla. So they're actually not driving. They're at a they're get, they're at a charging port right now. So <laughs> OK, good. <laughs> so. I figured there were two of them from what they said. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 so crazy. So let's can we bring let's I think that we should bring this all together with New Jobs America. Because okay. this is your passion project. This is what you're doing. That's what um, I'm doing. What 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 can people do to help uh with New Jobs America? What can they expect when they land, if they take the time to go to the website? What should, what can they, because a lot of, you know, a lot of people hear this stuff and they say, okay, I'll go visit it later. Why should they get on it so that they remember to do that? I want to stick this in their heads so that they don't forget. Oh yeah, it was something I don't really remember. Well, we have with, um, with the wild doctrine paper and it's, it's the, it's a chapter length analysis because we want it to be fair and we want it, we want it to be resilient for the people that are going to rely on it. Um, We have that and it's on the website now. And it is in uh, it's in pre-publication mode, but all, all the letters are there. You know, it doesn't have to be edited. That tells us that we are in the grips of a a basically a gang attack, a a confederacy, a rebellion against the laws that we all live by. Who are everyone who's living by? You know, listening to this this program and participating, we're all living by the same rules. The other side is not, and they're doing an illegitimate thing. And it's important. To find these things out, even if it's un, unsatisfactory bad news, because you, in order to plan your life and how you how you spend your time, your resources, your energy, and your affection, you have to have the facts in order to do it. We did our best to lay them out. If you if you want if they want to be informed about new events uh, briefly and without promotion, uh, just sign up as a member. Uh, on our website, first tab is join. Just give me your email. We'll keep you in touch. There's a lot coming down the pike, and and I want anybody who wants to en- enjoy it with us to be a, have it accessible. So what I what I want to add to that too is that all of you gig workers who watch these channels who want the flexibility and freedom to multi app to work when you want to work how often you want to work around your schedule all the things that we enjoy even if you're not even if you weren't an independent contractor before the gig economy, because I think a lot of people get confused who came, who were W2 their whole life. And then the gig economy came around and they're like, Oh, this is independent contractorship. I don't think, I think a lot of them don't really fully understand it. And it's not, that's not a diss. I just think it's still like, it's almost an unclassified spot. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's, and they're having a little more trouble understanding independent contractorship and what it truly means. A lot of this, Steve, I agree. And, and in a sense, the, the system that has been imposed on us is demanding that they be sophisticated philosophers about law and the economy. And that has never been a requirement to get a job and to contribute something that everybody wants, or at least somebody wants. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think about the same thing. I like this. Is, you get really deep in this stuff about, you know, the, 
con contract laws, 500 years old. So you have to go back to the Italians, you know, and think they, they dreamed this up because they need investment that's protected. They need to uh, provide protection for it. So that's the same thing that's affecting contracts between individuals and, and buyers. So, but that should not be normally a requirement of getting a job, being a babysitter, you know, down the street, you know, and, and working nights and weekends, taking care of people's kids, you know, just, and, and that's what the other side's proposing with the IRS 1099 K. Yeah. So I guess be informed if you, if you have a spare 10, 50, hundred, uh, you, there's a real quick uh, square donate uh, button. You just follow it. It's really easy. We just, just put it in new. It'll go all to this, this battle. So, uh, so I guess what I am trying to say to people is that if you want all of this, though, that we've been having in the gig economy, that behind the scenes, a lot of people aren't aware of this being trying is is very quickly a lot of people trying to take it away from us. And when it, if it gets taken away, it's going to happen so quickly, you're not even going to know it happened. So yeah. to that, I say that's why you need to go to a website like this and be and hear from Mike. Just sign. I mean, even just to sign up, get get newsletters because this will keep you informed. That was part of the problem with AB five is things like this where it started before that happened to keep everybody up to date. And by the time they were, it was so late that it was already passed and it was going to go into effect. Yeah. You know. Um, by the way, the uh, Bud Soda, um, good friend of mine again from upstate New York, uh, he's saying that you should be a correspondent. And he was saying that the comments are super interesting and that. Chill judging the ball. <laughs> I guess that's a compliment. <laughs> Although I don't yes, think my, my bride would, would call me chill, but, you know, <laughs> I really appreciate the compliment. Yeah, even even there's the driven mom saying love those videos. <laughs> now, this is I'll tell you, Steve, I work for nothing for for the best people in the country. I, they are fantastic and they never let me down. They always tell me, you know, where to get off if I make a mistake and I, I treasure the feedback. I treasure the support. I couldn't be happier doing what I'm doing. Thank so. you. Thank you, Jackie. Jackie lives in Michigan. Um, she just you. signed up for your, on your site. I, I really appreciate it. Pass the word it's around and uh, get, get involved. It, it's fun actually. Uh, and you, if you know a little about your job and how it's affected, you know more than the legislator that you're going to talk to. So it's not that they know everything. If they knew everything, they wouldn't be legislators. No, they just know how to. You know, <laughs> no, there there are better paying jobs. They make like 150, 170. You know, if you know everything, you go to Wall Street or you know buy real estate or try to rent it or something. You know. Anyway, yeah. thank you, Jackie. I appreciate that. Yeah, there's a lot of good people. I'm, I'm guessing that some, I'm guessing the driven mom, the driven dad, Bud Soda, I'm guessing all these people in here. Actually, I know all of you. I'm expecting all of you to sign up for this. So, I mean, you guys, I've talked to every one of you. We don't want to work under franchise model. We don't, like in Massachusetts, it's actually being considered to lead, to do what they tried in California, Uber and Lyft and stuff, just leave the state. Yeah. That's what I mean, they're uh, actually looking at it. And you guys can say, no, they're not. They are. They're looking at leaving the state. No, I, it's, it's the rational thing. If you can't operate your business, you're not going to starve to death. I mean, you'll go to Nova Scotia. I don't know. Canada isn't any better. Right. That's, we're, we're meeting one quick note. Um, we will be meeting sometime in the near future with our uh, People who are individuals who are my e equivalents in terms of pushing for the the right of self-employment from Australia and London. And they have even a worse problem than I have. Maybe I mentioned this earlier, but they have their tax departments are much more formidable than ours is even now. And they uh, they I would say they're their members of parliament or their members of the government are even less well informed about self-employment than ours are here. It's a really big deal for Americans. I bet the percentage of people who support self-employment is probably over 95%. So there's, there's a lot of support for it here. Don't know about Britain, don't know about the UK, but they have 
there are similar problems, and they are looking to the United States for a glimmer. And that's what we did with our Be My Own Boss legislation model. Uh, that's what we're doing with statewide legislation, because there are governors who will put this law into effect and set up a, a, uh, a, a challenge to the uh, interstate, interstate regulation of an in-state exchange. So there are very interesting things coming. We just got to you know, keep our enthusiasm, keep motivated, keep in touch. That's a big part of the next six months is going to be keep your channels of communication to open. Yep. So, Jackie, thank you, because this is super important. <laughs> um, Driven Mom just joined. Thank you, Lisa. Fantastic. Um, JJ, excellent discussion. Thank you. Um, we try. <laughs> <laughs> we do. And Steve, thank you for the opportunity to, to speak with your audience and to join them. This is a, a real treat. I really appreciate it. Yeah, because it's people that some of these people even don't are just learning how affected they're going to be and that this will destroy everything we do. I'm uh, the best news that I've had in 20 years of doing this is that one individual who has the, the willingness can make an enormous difference. And everybody says, oh, no, I couldn't do that. Those people are all experts in this, that and the other thing. No, if you are tenacious and and aim at your target and keep at it, you brush them aside very graciously and you move forward. So I have nothing but positive things to say about the power of one American individual. So I think, and I think that's, I think that's a great point as we end things here, because I think that's super important is that I think that's the problem is that everybody thinks that what I have no power as one person, none. And that's just not true. We, I think you and I have discussed this on prior ones where it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. they don't know how to treat you. If you go in and you start talking to these people, they don't know how many you're representing, what you, they have to treat it like you are representing a thousand, but you could just be representing yourself. And either way, they still have to give you the time of day. Right. Because you're a constituent who in their mind, they have no idea. You could cause them a lot of problems or you might yes. not be able right. to do anything. And if you organize, you can show, you can tell them uh, we're getting a, a bunch of, you know, and then people like me uh, because we're really concerned. And, and then I have and I have 20 people in your district or 300 or, you know, 10,000, in which case they really learn because much of cheap contemporary politics is the is the question. Can these people hurt me now? That's disgusting, but it's true because they won't move until they think you can hurt them. And I don't mean physically. I mean, can they take away my position? Can they make it hard to be reelected? Can they turn off my donors? You know, that's just the legitimate stuff. People think about that. When you're not big in a public office, you think about small things like that. Yeah. And I mean, look at we saw them turn off methods of payment to the truckers in Canada. Oh, that was disgusting. I mean, we literally saw and we not only turned them off, we saw them retract the payments. They took the money. Well, no, but I mean, like, yeah, after it had already done the trip, it was where it should right. be. Right. It wasn't even in limbo. And they That's... they pulled it back. You know, I mean, that was people donating money that they wanted to go from A to B. Yes. Right. And then they said, well, wait a minute. We're not going to let B have that. Yeah. They have no right to do that that I'm aware of. Yeah. It's just right. theft. Right. And I mean, I guess that, you know, one last thing that I saw in the comments that I will end this with is that and it's not uh, it's not the best thing, but is that the truckers did just lose yesterday in California. That was an appeal. I think there are, they have more appeals ahead. Okay. That, well, that, I'm sure they do. But, road is more, I just heard the good news uh, 12 hours ago that there is much more road ahead metaphor. Okay. But, you know, that's for, for the better, you mean for the better. Yes. OK. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just, I mean, as far as I know, there's still like, I don't know if it's as hardcore, but they're still striking out there. They're blocking ports there. I mean, it's just, it's a mess. But um, yeah, uh, thank you, everybody. Um, thank you. Thank you for joining us, obviously. Check out newjobsamerica.com. I know a few of you have, but like the Driven Mom, Lisa, all you guys who have, get that word out there. You know, when you guys are doing a live or something, even just a quick plug. Just plug it, you know, just say, hey, if you guys signed up, you want to keep working on these platforms, sign up for newjobsamerica.com because we've got to, you know, I get the word out there, but, 
you know, if, if more people sign up for this and emails go out, then that word spreads and spreads and spreads. And we know how this works. Follow me on Twitter uh, at, uh, at Venture Mike One and, um, or follow me on uh, Parlor at uh, Venture Mike. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'll put I'll put both those into the uh, show notes too after we're done. Um, I'll have to look up your parlor one, uh, but yeah. So, uh, yep, spread the word, guys. That spread is that is key. That is key. Let's play DoorDash. <laughs> um, yeah, individualism, the American way. Yep. Uh, this is stuff that Steve posts on YouTube. Yeah, I mean. I try. And you guys, by the way, it's people like Mike who helped me bring this stuff to you. So don't think that I'm, I mean, I do my own research too, but these guys really do help me tremendously with learning a lot more than I know. And uh, you help us, Steve, because we, we need to get this content and subject matter, get it out to people who are interested in it because they can do things with it and we can do things with them. Uh, if we if we work together so you're you're to me you're the glue that keeps all this stuff running well thank you very much i, um, I appreciate the chance to, to to participate i always like having you on anyway because i just like talking to you and you know i think i feel like in an hour we debrief enough where other people are catching into it too and it's it's just yeah. good for everybody so i enjoy it um so yeah i mean in a couple months it seems there'd be every couple months keep an eye out guys because uh Mike and I always seem to every couple months get together and do something. So probably a couple months, maybe right before the midterms. I'm sure there'll be some craziness going on. And we'll be there. Um, but thank you chat for joining us. And uh, thank you very much, Mike, for t- taking the time out of your schedule. Um, Mike's a busy man fighting for us. You guys. So again, check out new And with that, uh, Go out there and have a safe day. Earn well, and uh, realizing realize that you have a um, you have a right to be an independent contractor right now. Don't lose it. Right. Don't don't let them, don't let them take it away. Great. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, everybody.